Hey, this is Akeem with Raw and Uncut. Um, today, like many days, is a special day for me. I've been blessed to wake up. The Lord has blessed me. Um, I am very thankful that I have an opportunity today. I have an opportunity um, to interview someone I've been following for quite a while. Um, a lot of people know him through sports and stuff like that, but I just remember back in the day, um, for me, um, through Source Magazine. That's, that's where I remember <laughs> the most. Um, so I'm going to introduce you. Brandon, how are you doing today? School B. Man, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good, man. I'm, I'm really, really good, man. I, I appreciate um, the interview today, man. I'm, I'm blessed. This is, this, is a, this is a bucket list check for me. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I'm just doing good work. I'm glad somebody's paying attention. Oh, yeah, most definitely, man. Um, definitely just want to get started by, you know, you know, just saying, you know, a lot of individuals that are in the industry, let's say, and it doesn't matter what level, where you're at, they're not too... Um, let's say they don't correspond with individuals that um, who are fans of theirs or is kind of talking about kind of something that you post like, hey, um, breaking news, this would happen or, hey, this is my music video or, hey, um, this is what I got going on. And when you respond, it's not really a lot of response because I know a lot of people are busy. But I will say, man, you're you're really good at like corresponding with, you know, some of the people in regards of. Uh, what you do. They and keep the lights on. <laughs> he said, <"What?" laughs> they keep the lights on. Look, if there was no them, I mean, I think my mom, my father had everything to do with me being created, but you know, as far as the industry goes and as far as myself, if it was them, no them, there would, there wouldn't be me. So, you know, you got to respond. Sometimes you can't respond to everything, but you know, some things you, you can respond to a thank you with emoji and sometimes people come at you too. You gotta respond. You can't respond to everything, but yeah, yeah, man, it's all about it's all about communication. So, you, so have you have you had any hardcore like fans kind of get at you kind of crazy, man? All the time, but um, it's all <laughs> how you it's all how you respond, you know. So how you respond, and I think just at this point, you know, a lot of people say, you know, stop responding, stop, you know, can't respond to everything. I've toned down a lot, but you know, you can't respond to everything. You can't. I grew up playing the dozens, but sometimes, you know, you got to just chill. Yeah. Yeah. So what Norby say you got to relax. Yeah. And, and, and <laughs> I, Hey man, I, I've been following you and, and recently I kind of been on your podcast a little bit here. And really? Yeah. Like just recently, actually, I've been, I actually, to be honest with you, man, I always follow, I follow a lot of sports podcasts um, because I don't really like listening to the regular analysts. It's like, it seemed like they just recycle them. Even though I got a lot of respect for them, Chris Bussard, you know, Shannon Sharp and all those guys. I really like Rob Parker a lot. Um, that's my dude. Really? Yeah. He's a good dude, man. I, I really like that guy, man. Um, but I think the podcast world, there's a lot of individuals. Um, and I, and I know that Chris Bussard and them got a podcast together, Rob Parker. Um, so I listen to a lot of them, but I really see start, you know, getting down with your podcast, man. And tell me a little bit about it. What, what made you get into podcasting? 
Um, well, for those who are not familiar with me, because uh, you can't assume everybody is, um, yeah. I'm, I'm Brandon Scoopy Robinson, senior writer at Basketball Society. Yeah. I contributed to Heavy.com, and I have a podcast called Scoopy Radio, which got 3.5 million streams last year. Uh, we've had we've had anybody from um, DJ Khaled to Mark Cuban to Jamal Crawford to uh, the voice of Siri, Susan Bennett. Um, today we actually dropped an episode with uh, the Milwaukee, excuse me, the state of Wisconsin's Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes. And, um, you know, so we, we dive into anything, politics, entertainment, lifestyle, sports, and more. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest with you, the podcast started because um, I had a whole bunch of content. Like, you know, I began my career at 12 years old on a radio yeah. show with the Nets when I was a kid mm-hmm. and had a Timberland box full of tapes from my childhood. <laughs> box. Just, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, we digitized them and we started the podcast during my time when I was at CBS radio. Mm. Um, and so I had a podcast at CBS radio. I was contributing to CBS local sports, CBS sports radio, and a contributor to um, CBS this morning. And so I basically started Scoopy radio while I was doing a podcast um, at CBS radio and basically <clears throat> was name dropping Scoopy radio <clears throat> on CBS property. And, you know, I had a couple of stories that, you know, were on my podcast, Scoopy radio, that I actually wrote about at CBS local sports and CBS sports radio and they hit. And, um, you know, honestly just, uh, timing was perfect and, you know, it was the right situation, but it did. Scoopy radio began in Timberland box. Man, that see, and that's, that's all encouraging, uh, because, you know, a lot of us podcasters, man, is kind of a, you know, it's a dream it's an idea it's a thought behind it. And we kind of, you know, we want a voice, you know what I mean? We want some type of voice. It doesn't matter if it's to two people. A lot of times I feel like I'm speaking to myself, but um, I'm actually getting a pretty good following now in, in what I do. So I really uh, can relate to a lot of what you're saying now. I, I, you know, I did a little research on you. So let's, let's tell the people where are you from and how did, how did, you, get, how did you get started in your industry? Um, well, I'm a hybrid. Uh, was born in northern New Jersey, split time right. between northern New Jersey and Harlem and the Bronx. <laughs> that's a that's a lot right there, man. So living in New Jersey, did you did you play ball there? Did you did you was you a part of the school culture, you know, newspaper writing? Was this a young dream for you? How did that go? Um, I've always had a gift of gab and I've always been since I was six years old. Uh, a fan of basketball. My stepfather's on the west side of Chicago and uh, learned about Michael Jordan. I fell in love with the game in 91 when they won their first championship. And so, you know, between that and between my uncle who ran a a league called uh, Citywide, uh, which anybody from New York City came out of, I used to be around my uncle, my uncle Billy. That's where I kind of, you know, fell in love with the game. My stepfather introduced me to Michael and the Bulls and you know, and, and my uncle introduced me to the game. So I've been around the Knicks and all that other stuff. And so that, that was when I kind of found my purpose. And oh. so, you know, anything else, anything wow. else, you know, leading the basketball was kind of just like, okay, school newspaper, um, you know, getting cool with all the athletes or the basketball team or, yeah. you know, the, the football team. And, you know, so then, I mean, I played a little bit when I was a kid. I wasn't as good as some of my peers, but I was yeah. tall like them and I had the conversation. So, yeah. you know, 
I realized that, you know, talking about it and just, you know, being cool with the guys and just, you know, you, you, you learn the cadence in that regard. So I played a little bit, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I didn't play in middle school, high school, college, but, you know, I, I'd hang out and practice sometimes. I practice with the team yeah. sometimes. Sometimes you, I, you, you know, know the game. all those different things. I know the game. You know the game. <clears throat> and, and, mm-hmm. and I think that's a lot of, you know, a lot of people be like, you know, because you didn't play or because you didn't, you know, uh, you, you, you know, you didn't have a number on your back for those who, did not play sports as as if they can't speak on it or something. I think that's such a uh, false statement, you know, because you know I played I played ball, football, of course, um, but never played really like high level basketball. I played in high school and all that, but really wasn't a straight hooper. But I'm a hoop fan, you know. I love right. basketball, and I and you know I coached it. You know I coach it now too. Also, um. Outside of podcasting, I'm a vice principal <clears throat> of a high school. So mm-hmm. a lot of what I do is, is, you know, I give back to the community by, you know, inspiring these kids to be bigger than themselves and what they believe they can be. So that's why I coach. So I, I know the game a little bit, but just listening to, you know, analysts and, and how they break down stuff, you do learn tidbits here and there. Um, so, you know, I was wanting to get that out there because a lot of people always say, oh, you didn't play hoop or something or you didn't, you know, play ball. I just think it's so – I think you're. I think you're. You're limiting yourself if you don't listen to a lot of individuals that actually, um, you know, study it. You know what I mean? Because you study it, I'm sure, right? Yeah, you study it, and then you, you know, you have certain, you know, athletes or former athletes or you know, analysts who who become your mentor. You know, so for me, um, I didn't play. That didn't mean that you know I didn't know the game or some of them people that. You know, you, you see on TV, I haven't played in the celebrity games or went to school with them and didn't bust their ass in open gym. We'll leave yeah. it there. But what I'll say, <laughs> what I'll, what I'll say is um, I think that people think it a prerequisite to talk about the game is to be, you know, um, to have played. And I think there are certain people who have debunked that myth. Mm-hmm. You know, someone like Stephen A. Smith, he played in high school, he played in college, and, you know, he'll admit sometimes on TV, hey, man, you played in the game, I'll defer to you. So learning keywords like that, like I'll defer, or, but I, I think there's no substitution for relationships, there's no substitution for, you know, learning from somebody who's been there. You know, there's, yeah. there's many of current players and past players um, who I, you know, I'll call or I'll send a message to and be like, hey, can you help me explain, can you explain this to me? Because I don't know. Yeah, and I, and I think a lot of it is if you come in there cocky and nobody can tell you nothing, that makes you a target. I agree. I mean, I, I think I, you you made some good points there, man. And uh, I didn't I know Stephen A. Smith played in in college though. I didn't know that. Yeah, he went to Winston State. Winston Salem. Oh yeah, I did remember that now. Okay, Winston Salem, uh, North Carolina. Yeah, and from from, from the, the way right. Yeah, he's born in the Bronx, but raised in Hollis, Queens. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. Hey, so let me ask you this. Why Hofstra University? Well, I went there for grad school. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a move back home after going to school in undergrad. And um, I went to a small school for undergrad called Eastern University, uh, okay. right outside of West Philly, right outside of, on the main line, down the street from Villanova, across the street from King of, uh, across the street from Cabrini College, down the street from King of Prussia Mall. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so I mean, the main line of, of Philadelphia, they call it. So I mean, I went there. I grew a lot as a person spiritually at Eastern. Um, I was the public address announcer for you know the basketball team. Mm-hmm. I um, was the sports editor and columnist at the newspaper. I was a big fish in a small pond. That's um, where you got your game but, from, huh? Yeah, I mean, but then I went to prep school uh, at Don Bosco Prep, and so mm-hmm. that school is you know nationally ranked in football and basketball they did all right and you know other sports like baseball hockey etc so i mean that was a practice and the cadence of just uh you know knowing how to talk to athletes but as far as eastern university that i grew a lot spiritually i grew a lot um just in my in my, in my personal life and i feel like you know going to hofstra hofstra was a finished product as far as just uh a school that had the journalism and communication program a school that um you know has had multiple presidential elections or presidential debates rather. Really? Um, it just has, has, yeah, Obama and Romney debated there and Obama really? McCain debated okay. there as well. Yeah. And, tr- and I believe Trump and uh, Hillary Clinton debated there as well. So, I mean, mm. multiple debates there, but at the same time, you know, it was, it was home, you know, I was able to, you know, see family on, on all coasts, you know, see my family in, in the city, see my family in Westchester, see my family in Jersey and still have that separation, go to school Long Island. So yeah. it was a good fit. So, so your college life, um, any experiences or any great stories you can tell me in regards of, you know, your journalism or any big stories or anything that you say, you know what, that this is, this is something that I felt really good about. Any, any stories you can give us? I mean, yeah, I, I think Scoopy Radio is a testament to it's, it's le- legitimately a time capsule. Um, and so it's, 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 although you have new interviews there are interviews that are that have never made the cutting room floor that i've used so you know for example on scoopy radio i i, I told you i had a bunch of tapes in the timberland box and mm. so you know i have interviews with dj armstrong jr reed jason yeah. williams kendall gill from my childhood the kimbe wow. mcumbo yeah. and some of that stuff i'm like man i haven't heard that in years and i'm like wow i, I have bass in my voice now but at the same time like <laughs> so like one of the people I interviewed on there was uh, that, that was an interview from that was on a cassette tape with Scott Burrell, uh, who played at UConn with Ray Allen and, um, you know, won a championship with Michael Jordan and the Bulls in the 90s. And then he ended up playing for the Nets. And I got my start with the Nets at 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And so I ran into Scott mm, about two months ago. And I was like, I was like, yo, what's up, man? He's like, yo, I always bump into you somewhere. Last time I saw you, I saw you in the street. You know, yeah. we exchanged numbers, this and the third. You know, we found each other on social media. So um, he said to me, Yo, I listened to that interview. He goes, Damn, it's crazy. You stuck with it all that time. <laughs> and, it was cool. and what was crazy is um, I had a buddy of mine who, who used to write, like, when I left the source, he, he wrote at the source and he would, like, take my interviews and write about them at the source magazine. And he actually wrote about, those interviews were like Scott Burrell, Jason Williams, Keith Van Horn, and all of that other stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was like, wow, I made it to the source after I, you know, retired. And it's like, it's kind of cool, like, how we were able to not only encapsulate that stuff in audio, but get, you know, stuff written in print as well, and that it will live there forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, stories like that, where you're able to reconnect with people from your childhood that remember you, uh, I can tell you stories like Eldridge or Kastner, um, 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 Charles Oakley. Uh, man, how, how, was, how was Charles Oakley, man? <laughs> how was how is Charles Oakley? I'm, I'm a fan of Charles Oakley too, man. How, how is Charles Oakley? One of the most genuine guys you'll ever meet. 
Um, and what's cool about it is I, I still have a good relationship with Jason Williams and who obviously played for the Nets and you know, yeah. dealt with personal things and in, yeah. in his life, legal issues, and now has, you know, made good on his life. He's mentoring people in alcohol rehab centers in Florida. You know, Oak is, is Jason's best friend. Yeah. And so the fact that I have a good relationship with Jay, you know, that, that definitely helps in my, helped in my relationship in the media with, with Oakley and, um, honest, genuine, um, and he's also a reporter's dream because people like him and people like Charles Barkley say how they feel, and uh, it makes my job easier when it goes to writing it. Yeah, I I just felt like you know the, the you know maybe I you know I don't know the whole story, but that Nick situation, I tell you, man, it just wasn't a that wasn't a good look for him, man. I just thought they were trying to watch him for some reason. You know, I just I didn't think they wanted him in the organization or something no more. Um, well, I mean, you. you, you at the end of the day, he didn't get along with Dolan. And, uh, you know, when you don't get along with him, um, yeah. you, you send your, your, your dogs after you. And, you know, in that situation, yeah. from, from people I've spoken to, it, it's been a situation that has definitely been a thing since, since his playing career. And yeah. um, it's carried over. Yeah. And it, it, it's carried over into, you know, post playing career. And for me, as a person who grew up watching the Knicks and, you know, has relationship with players past and present on the Knicks. Just for the for the hierarchy of, of just basketball, you you'd hope that you know they 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 work it out. Just because yeah. you know Charles Oakley is the fabric of New York Knicks basketball. He is, you, man. You talk about you he talk about you when you talk Ewing about Star. Like you know, mm-hmm. rest in peace, Anthony Mason. You know, you you talk about you when you talk about Starks, but like Oakley was a fabric. You know, as much as what? people remember him playing with Michael and the Bulls, like yeah, he was a fabric of the Knicks. You traded for Bill Cartwright. He was a beast. I I, yeah. I I just I like tough guys in the NBA. And you know, I'm I'm forty years old. So, you know, I I've watched, you know, I I'm an eighties, nineties basketball fan. You know what I mean? So just seeing that style of basketball, I know they kinda had to eliminate it. Um, for one, you know, I know they wanted more points in basketball. Um, and for two, you know, there was just certain athletic individuals like Michael Jordan to me was like one of the most athletic individuals before his time. And that's why he dominated the way he did. I mean, he had a great skill set. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong now, but he was well before his time athletically and they couldn't compete. So, you know, I think in order to get the, you know, worldwide uh, audience, you know, in order for the European basketball players to come in, you know, they had to change the game a little bit. So they couldn't have Oakley planting guys on the, him and Anthony Mason planting guys on the on the ground, you know, when they come to the paint. So they had to do something to change it up. And I understand that, um, you know, he has a legacy of being the tough guy of the NBA, but I, I just didn't like how that looked, you know, how they carried him out. Um, I just, you know, I just think verbally you can communicate with individuals the right way and, and, and make them, you know, make better decisions. And I don't think professionally for him, uh, and that was a good look for him. You know what I mean? Situation at the garden. Yeah, they're at the garden. Uh, I think that situation is more complex than what you than than what what is what you see optics wise. You know, I think in the NBA you see what what you see the clip, but there's so much that happens behind the scenes. Really. And I think that that situation at the garden was beyond his control in that moment when you're sending security and police officers after you and you know i actually talked to oakley about that 
a couple months ago. Uh, and, you know, just thing is, I asked him, hey, do you, do you see yourself ever wanting to, um, you know, pass things up? He says at some point, but, you know, right now, you know, we're still going through the legal process and more. So, I mean, man. at some point you hope that they heal, but, you know, at the same time, like, I mean, that man was arrested and carried out, like, by, like, 15, 20 people during a game. That, yeah, that was cold. That, I, and that, I was actually watching that live, actually. So when I saw it, I was like, and they didn't have to do Oakley like that. You know, it's just something about, for me, you know, with the police and, you know, black folk and national TV and, you know, I, I just, you know, I don't like that look. So, you know, that, that just wasn't a good look. But, you know, shout out to Charles Oakley. I'm always a fan of his, you know what I mean? But, you know, that wasn't a good look. But, uh, so let me, let me ask you this. Um, how was it working at Source Magazine? I know, um, I'm, you know, anybody grew up in the 90s. Like Source Magazine, XXL, all that. You know, all those magazines was kind of like big time for us. So, how was it? How, how did how, how was your experience there? I mean, it was cool. I mean, you, I was in a situation like you where you know the Source was a magazine that I you know would go to the grocery store. Yeah, buy. it was it was, it was a staple. It was a source it was Slam. It was Sports Illustrated. For real, and yeah. maybe and maybe and maybe Game Pro Magazine and the Beckett <laughs> yeah. Magazine. We each, yeah, we check see how much your cards is worth. Yeah, <laughs> all of the above, man. I I I just. You know, I kind of read a little bit about how you overcome, overcame some of the obstacles there, uh, going to NBA All Star Game, covered and all that. Um, you know, GoFundMe page, man. They got a lot, man. If you Google somebody, I'm gonna tell you right now, man. They, they got your life on there, man. Um, yeah, I mean, during that time at the source, I, I never said this publicly. I mean, they weren't paying. You know, so it was an opportunity for me, you know, quote unquote, to be a staff writer. Yeah. Um, but you know, they weren't paying, and you know. I, I, I'm, I tell people this all the time. Um, I could have, when they, they, they I met some, I'm, so I connected with the source of dysfunction at the New York Times in, I want to say 2013. And somebody was speaking there that was from the source, and then there were a bunch of people there. So it was a networking opportunity. Honestly, I went there for the free food. <laughs> and. <laughs> That's that's raw right there. That's raw. <laughs> I dig it. And, We've all done it. And, We've all done that. Right. So, I mean, I was there and, and they were like, hey, you should consider writing for us. I'm like, all right, cool. So I got, you know, contact info and dude called me and was like, yo, let's come, can you come in for an interview? So I'm like, sure. They see my resume, everything I got going on. And then I'm like, they're like, yeah, we want you, but we can't pay you. I said, you can't pay me anything. And like, no. And at that moment, I could have walked out. And for a second, yeah. I actually thought about walking out. Yeah. I said, why not try it? So this was like fall 2013. This was like, my meeting was like October, November, right? So I'm getting in there. I get a login. And I'm just going ham, just on yeah. writing. And around that same time, I said, you know, I want to go to the All-Star game. So, you know, I, 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 I put in the credential process and like a lot of writers who were there, it was like the source does has a lot of turnover just with writers and chips. So when I point when I came in, everybody who had been there for some time was leaving, and the people who had been there and waited their time, they were moving up in position. And so basically, yeah. I got credential. Their sports writer who was a contributor at the time 
they were leaving and you know so it's like i was get writing everything sports around me basketball baseball football but i was writing some hip hop stuff too it wasn't just sports really so basically write some hip hop yeah, so, pretty good yeah yeah so you know that's kind of where i just learned the game like you notice that you have a name uh, uh, a company behind you people want to invite you every day and you get you get perks like stuff sent to your house mm-hmm. like i've gotten you know many other things playstation sent video games sent Clothes, it's all a different person, you know, just being there. Yeah, being, so, being a source. Yeah, so, you know, I'm there, and uh, basically, I, I put in my credentials to get, you know, go to All Star Weekend in New Orleans in 2014. I'm there. So uh-huh. I'm going over to the office, like, hey, can you guys gonna fly? Can you guys fly me out? This and third. The owner and publisher said no. And somebody pulled me to the side and said, yo, if I was you, I would reach out to sponsors and I would do this, that, and the third. Yeah, Somebody else said, why don't you crowdfund? And, you know, I crowdfunded and, you know, with the help of many people on social media, people like what with, people go to my church, and just, I mean, college, every place. Yeah. I, mean, I raised somewhere like, like close to $2,500, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, you know, it, it was a, it was good. It was it, it was great. The, the, the highest compliment you could ever receive is when somebody invests money in you. I agree. I agree, and 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 I will say that um, because for a, for a long time before I I was podcasting, I was on other people's podcasts, and I just had like a blue yeti, um, and a small little um, computer, HP computer, and you know somebody in, in my family that that does pretty good in the industry right now. He's a rapper, and he man, he just threw some money at me. Say, hey man, you know this is what you can this is what you can do, man. This is your lane. Um, and he invested, man. I thought that was like you said, man, just for him to believe in me like that. Um, you know, hook me up, you know, <laughs> like all the way. So I could imagine you and it's good for the, for the kids to hear too, that, you know, sometimes making money, um, is not always what's needed. Sometimes it's an experience and, um, you know, building relationships, um, and overcoming obstacles in the same time. I mean, it's good life experience to, you know, make you stronger. Uh, for your next gig, and um, you're doing really well for yourself, man. Um, and that experience, I'm sure, um, helped. You know, what I mean, especially building mm-hmm. relationships. I'm sure you met a lot of people uh, working for Source. Met a lot of people. Got booked for different things. Flown different places. To, yeah. I mean, I, I talked about outside of sports, like you know, judging hip hop competitions, and you know, showing up and just you know, you know getting paid to appear places like that to be that, that, that was the benefit of that supplemented, not, you know, being paid, you know, like I, like, and at the point where I was, you know, I finished grad school in 2011. I'm living in my grandmother's basement and it's apartment, apartment, you know, basement and, um, you know, had kitchen, living room, walk-in closet, all that stuff, but, you know, paying her rent. Yeah. All the stuff you needed just to grind it out. Exactly. And, yeah. um, you know, I was able to do all those things, but, you know, uh, I think at that time it worked. If I, at that point, at the point I'm at now, nah, that wouldn't have really worked, but, yeah. you know, it, 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 it filled a need. And, and, you know, like I said, it was nostalgic because I was able to, um, to, to, to write for a magazine that I, that I actually were reading. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, like I said, you know, shout out to Source Magazine, man. I, I that was a staple in my life when we was kid. I I wasn't blessed with a subscription because we was we was poor, 
boy, oh boy, uh, grandma, man, when she could, she would always get us, um, you know, something. You know, this is all before all the big internet and all that. Uh, I'm talking about, I'm, I go back with the source, um, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, you know what I mean? All that, you know what I mean? That was a, a staple in our household. So who are you currently working for right now? Uh, Sooner writer, Basketball Society, uh, contributor to heavy.com. And, you know, I have my podcast. I work for myself. Scoopy Radio. That is, that is, that is awesome. So, let me ask you this, because one of the questions I wanted to pose to you is, do you feel like you're laying you in right now? Do you feel like that you um, are underappreciated? Would you prefer to work for like an ESPN or, uh, you know, Fox Sports 1? Uh, is that something like you want to do or is it like you like you prefer your own content, your own show right now um, that you can you know, do what you want to do on that show? Well, there's interest. Um, there are networks that have you know, reached out to me. They're, they're, the ESPN, they're watching. T Turner, they're watching. Mm -hmm. Fox Sports 1, I, I've heard they're watching. I don't have as strong of a relationship with them as I do folks within ESPN and, um, you know, Turner. Um, but what I'll tell you is, um, you know, when I finished grad school, um, there weren't networks really checking for me versus there are certain people that I went to school with, no, no disrespect to them, but you know, mm -hmm. they had people knocking on their door. They're, 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 you know, and some could argue they had silver spoons in their mouth. Uh, but what I'll say is, you know, I've been on both sides of it. I've been on the corporate side of it. I've been on the, you know, I've been on the, on the, on the indie side of it. And so I believe that, you know, the machine and the indie can work hand in hand. You know, I grew up, um, looking up to and 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 following the journey of Jay Z. When you look at Reasonable Doubt, that was independently produced. They used Priority Records as the distributor, as the machine, and you know. But he had a buzz even before he put out that album. People are street new buzz, but you know, Reasonable Doubt was that that album that encompassed everything that went on in his life up until 26, 27, because to some people he was considered a late bloomer. Mm -hmm. And once he put out that album and the success that he had, you know, volume one came out. And so I, I feel like, you know, Scoopy Radio for me is that reasonable doubt moment. Yeah. Particularly because because um, I was able to put out my own stuff without the machine. You asked me, you know, just different accomplishments and different stories. The fact that, you know, two years ago, I had Kenny the, the Jet Smith from TNT on Scoopy Radio, and I asked him, you know, had Michael Jordan not retired, would the Bulls still have won two NBA championships? And he said we would have beat them, no question. And that showed up on ESPN The Jump, and that was a topic of conversation for yeah. a week between Robert Ory, Scottie Pippen, Byron Scott, yeah. and others. Yeah. To me, that and to see the infographics say Scoopy Radio with Kenny the Jet Smith's quote, um, I, I, I think um, – yeah. I think that uh, if the world ended today, I'd still be a very happy man. Yeah, I dig um, it. Yeah, you, you, you. I mean, for me, I, I mean, I, I follow everything you do. I mean, especially your breaking news. So most of your tweets and all that, I make sure I got it on my uh, notification, man, because I need to know what's up. I, I know Kenny the Jet Smith. I, I do believe that 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 Houston Rocket team would have beat the Bulls. I, and I and I know I'm probably gonna be criticized by some of my own homeboys for that, but. Like, I, I just think Keem Olajuwon was in his prime, right? And I also think that Jordan has never faced a really great center in the finals. And I know he, you know, I know he's had Patrick Ewing in them, but I don't know. I just think Keem Olajuwon was a different beast. That's just my opinion. Well, he, didn't play Patrick, he didn't play Patrick Ewing in the finals. I mean, it, it, when you look back at centers, 
Um, the only big man that they they went up against was 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 uh, well, Vladi Divac is not an elite center. Yeah, that's what I'm about to say. Vladi was at 1990 or something, 91. 91. Yeah. 92. You got Kevin Duckworth, 93. I don't even know who the center was on the Suns. 96. I think Irvin Johnson, not Magic. Irvin Johnson, the Seattle Sonics, 97 yeah. to 98. You're going to get guys like Greg Ostertag. So yeah, you're yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. It's no, no, no great centers, and I, you know, I just don't think anybody. I know who did they have that time with that Bill? That wasn't Bill Wellington. Was it? It, it, it was some big man. They had a combination of Luke Longley, Bill Wellington. That's Bill what I mean. Luke Longley wasn't bad, but he, he you know, what the large man would have done. <laughs> it would have been a bad situation. You know, there's no stopping Jordan. You know, of course, but. That have been a good little series, man. I wish we would have seen that, but you know that's always a what if. But I think he but had the right to have Vernon Maxwell. Oh, yeah, he was a dog. He was a pit bull. I, I like, I like Mad Max. Yeah, uh-huh. that was the days of basketball, man. And I can say again that you were real intrigued about series. Is like right now we know the Warriors, and I don't know Toronto and uh, Milwaukee's not done. It's looking like Toronto right now, but. Hopefully Milwaukee can squeak it out because I, I just think Toronto's boring. Um, I like Kawhi, but yeah, I don't want to see that series, man. Uh, but I, I think back then it was just like a maybe because you know basketball then you really didn't know who's going to win. You want to see how Jordan was going to try to win, but you really didn't know who was going to win those series, man. You know now you kind of know the Warriors are really good. He stacked teams, but I just think they taking the joy out of basketball by allowing all this stuff to happen. But that's just me. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, Hey man, I, I really appreciate it. Um, I really appreciate this interview. Uh, one of my questions I do want to pose to you before I let you go though, man, I'm a, I'm a huge 76er fan. Okay. So, um, I am, I'm from California, born and raised San Francisco, but I do love the Sixers because I was a huge Barkley fan back in the day and, and I just, it just stuck. Right. So, any news in regards to Jimmy Butler, man? Like, we, we need Jimmy Butler, man. You got anything for me with Jimmy Butler, man? I mean, the fact that Jimmy Butler got to Philadelphia, uh, I think is a miracle because, uh, you know, Houston and Miami were, were definitely at a, at a bidding war with Minnesota and, and grabbing him. Uh, but, you know, Chris Broussard, a mentor of mine who appeared on the Scoopy Radio podcast, said it best. He said, you know, if Philadelphia offers, you know, Jimmy a $190 million contract, he's staying. Um, I, I can tell you that, you know, from what I've heard, you know, the Clippers are, are, are a team that are, are really looking to pair Jimmy and Kawhi Leonard together. Um, but the thing is, I can't sleep on my man Elton Brand. Uh, I like Elton I love him. Mm-hmm. I think he's turned us around. You know, the only thing I don't think he did right was uh, I don't like Brett Brown coming back. You know, person. I think he. I think he, it was. Uh, it was bigger than than Elton. It was. It was, and it was from what I've heard. Um, it was ownership who mm. kind of um, had questions about Brett Brown. Elton, from what I've heard, wanted to give it another shot, but I, I think you know. He hired him. I like him. He hired him, didn't he? Didn't Brett Brown hire Elton Brand? Was a part of that process? No, the ownership hired Elton Brand. Because oh, I was reading something. Uh, I thought I'd seen it on Bleacher Report or something like he was helping them find one. So 
I could be totally wrong. I'm sure I am, but but I mean, he his his he came in. You know, I feel like Elton Brand for Philadelphia was everything Malik Rose was supposed to be. Um, a guy who played for the Sixers, a guy who you know comes out of Duke. You know, they hire Duke guys all the time. Uh, and I'm, at the I'm same not a Duke time, at all. But go right, ahead. but <laughs> I mean, I get it. I mean, when you got the, the the commissioner of the NBA who graduated from Duke, you know what a you, you know you know what it Kyrie is. Irving is from Duke, Mason Plumlee is from Duke. You know, all guys are from Duke. So I mean, Duke was the league, but at, at the end of the day, um, I, I like Duke's brain because I like his story, um, and I like how he's elevated. Uh, I had, I had uh, Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles on the on the Scoopy Radio podcast recently, and you know they told me they didn't they never saw the front office role with Elton Brand, but they're not surprised because he's always found a way to reinvent himself. Yeah, and, I mean, I, uh, I like I liked him even when he was playing, though. You know, mm-hmm, me too. So I, I I just liked he was a you know how he carried himself, and he and he's a professional. You know what I mean? He's always mm-hmm. been a professional. And I and I think he's a good uh, role model for a lot of individuals right now. And I I don't think he gets enough credit. But uh, you know, I like Elton Brand. I like I like the hire. I know they probably wanted some other name, but those Colangelos, I ain't gonna lie, I man, they kind of they kind of tore us up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even you know when you look at the seventy six sisters. Basically. They needed to move some pieces, and there were some pieces that Colangelo brought in that they couldn't buy out that prevented, you know, the Sixers from making that move. And it ended up moving that that piece in the Jimmy Butler trade. And, yeah. But the thing about Jamal Crawford is, you know, he even though they were losing at Phoenix, man, he had a ball out there this season. And you know, I think when you look at just the future of the Sixers, I think a lot of people were like, well. Ben Simmons doesn't have the jumper. I remember a time when the point guard's duty was just to be the distributor. But I look at Ben Simmons, I feel like he needs a, a situation kind of like Allen Iverson had with Eric Snow. He needs a, a, a bona fide point guard to come in, and they need to ship Ben Simmons to the two. You kind of saw it with Jimmy Butler in the playoffs where you saw at times Jimmy was the ball handler and Ben yeah. Simmons was cutting and screening and playing in the post, and it benefited. Especially because of free throws. I knew because it's free throws too late in the game, you'll see Butler have her. Even I even seen Tobias come up the floor with it, man, to you know, distribute offense. But uh I, I think I think if Butler leave, you know, just just me, if Butler leaves, I think we need to turn our attention to trying to get Kimba Walker, man. We need an off guard that can flat out score and shoot and then sign Tobias. Um, we probably need to probably use um, my uh, Zaire Smith. He needs he's going to get some ball next year. Um, you know we got some pieces, man. You know maybe free agent here or there. We need you know a couple shooters, but I tell you, man, our future is bright. And if we try, if we trade, if we trade Ben Simmons or or Elton Brand, I mean I, Ben Ben Simmons or uh, MB, like I'm gonna be disappointed because I'm like a lot of like commentators, a lot of sports analysts. I mean, that, it seems like that's what they're trying to make us do, like trade one of them. And I don't, I don't think we need to trade either one of them. We need to work it out. Get a coach to work it out. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that when you look at the, the Sixers, I, what you said about uh, Kimmel Walker is kind of eye-opening for me because I look at a team like Utah or Dallas. I feel like Utah or Dallas could use um, Kimba? Kimba Walker. Yeah. Man. But 
it goes with my fit. But, but we kind of collaborated on my theory because I feel like, you know, the Sixers could shift Kimba to, or excuse me, ship Ben Simmons to the two. Exactly. I think everybody's gung-ho about this whole Kimba Walker to the Knicks thing if this KD thing doesn't work out. Yeah. I don't like Kimba Walker in New York. Why not? Um, because I think it might ruin him because he's from there. Mm. Everybody can't play. Everybody can't play in New York. Yeah, I agree. I, I know he's. I know he's from New York. I remember him out there in. Uh, what did he go to Connecticut? Um, he went to UConn. He's from the Bronx. Yeah, and uh, he's played for Charlotte. Talked to Kimbo over this, this past summer. And, you know, his thing is he loves New York. He's a member of the Charlotte Hornets, and his goal was to make it to playoffs this year. Um, and, and and although they didn't make it, I think a lot of people – I think in, in this year's NBA season, uh, I think Kimball Walker and Damian Lillard gained a lot of people's respect because they just thought that they were ball hogs. And they're actually pretty cerebral guys who play hard. Mm. And I think they picked up – they picked up where Derrick Rose left off at. Derrick Rose had a monstrous career this year. Just his injuries kind of – he did. Uh, I heard him at times, but he you surprised know, me. I, I'm not gonna lie, surprised a lot of people. Yeah, he because I I didn't think he was gonna come back from that injury. But let's talk about the Knicks real quick, Paul. <laughs> Again, real quick, their 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 whole organization just looks like they need a whole overhaul. Mm-hmm. Am I just am I just like from the outside looking in? Like it just seems that way. Got that feel like it's horrible. It just seems like it's just a lot going on, no true direction. What are your sentiments on that? Yeah, I think you're right. I think um, I think that a lot of times within New York, um, people think that the Knicks, people lived through the 90s Knicks. Um, you know, was was my era, and, you know, they won two championships overall, but I think it starts from leadership. You know, when you saw Magic Johnson on, on, on first take the other day talking about um, just the, the makeup of the the the, um, the Lakers and Rob Palenka and Jenny Buss and all those different factors. Um, the Knicks kind of went through that. You know, Steve Mills has been there for 20-plus years, he, and Scott Perry is now there, and they're at the forefront of trying to recruit, you know, players. And, you know, they've made the right moves during the season, you know, trading mm-hmm. away Porzingis, getting, uh, you know, DeAndre Jordan, you know, getting Dennis Jr. in that trade for Dallas, with the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, you know, and and I think they clear cal- salary cap space. I said calories, salary cap space. Mm. Um, it's not so much doling; it's it's more so the leadership. And it's like, okay, you can sell New York as a destination. Um, you know, you have you know all this intellectual property, MSG Networks. They they're doing an overhaul on that end. Um, but I also just think that if the Knicks are going to be successful, um, I think they have to be less corporate and more enveloping a culture that people want to go to. I think they're starting that, you know, with their coach, with Fisdale, and and he's motivating and more, but um, you got to have to sell. I feel like they're selling people that the Knicks are going to get to KD. Okay, fine, you get KD. But you still, in the Eastern Conference, have to go through the Phillies. You still have to go through the Bostons. You still have to go through, you know, the Torontos. You got to go through the Milwaukee's. Like, just because they get Kevin Durant and, 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 and if they were to get Kyrie Irving, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win the championship tomorrow. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and, and especially with organization in New York. I don't know. It just seems like the, from the Jets, the Giants, uh, the Yankees is not that bad. Uh, but, like, all the New York teams and Knicks, it just seems like it's something up, man. Like, maybe the press pressure. is too hard or it's something. Pressure. It's, it's pressure to win. Yeah. Um, and I think that the best, the best, 
basketball team in New York City are the Nets. They look good. And they're, they got a lot of young talent. And they're going to be scary next year. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that the Nets are a team that people are sleeping on as far as, you know, the free agency sweepstakes. You know, don't sleep I, on Kyrie Irving. Uh, man, that, would a, that, team. that would be a bad look. I, I just don't know why nobody's talking about Philly as a destination. Is it because Embiid is too good and they want to be the number one guy? I or think they, they're talking about Philly, but they're not talking about them in the way many want to hear. I think it's because they're trying to figure out whether, you know, uh, Jimmy Butler comes back. And if Jimmy doesn't come back, what are they going to do with Tobias? You know, I've, I've been hearing a lot. You know, Tobias, all, all signs point to the, Tobias joining the Nets, a guy from Suffolk County, New York, Long Island. You know, could slide in there in that position. Um, but I think when you look at Philadelphia, I think what you just said about um, Kimba makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Philly is a northeast city, um, not too far from DC, not too far from New York. Um, the fans are passionate, but they turn on you in a minute. And he um, and he can close though. He 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 does what Jimmy Butler does without the defense though. He he's an undersized guard, but man, he can close games. And I and I think. I think we struggle, and B's going to get better at that. I don't think Ben will be a closer in his career, but he's a facilitator, and he's great at that. And and I, th- I think the, the dribble handoffs, the offensive scheme is terrible, and I think it's handicapping us. I don't think we have a, I don't think we have a true philosophy on defense. Uh, it's a lot of things, but you know, I'm a Philly fan, man. So you know, I'm, I'm very critical of our team. But school man, I've took a lot of your time, man. Uh, you know, it's. I'm I'm so appreciative, man, and I got a lot of respect for what you do, man, and um, you know, inspiration of mine, man. You're like a you know, someone that, you know, um I wish that, you know, I could get some tidbits from you every now and then. Maybe you can mentor me in this in this game, man, a little bit, man. I know you've you you had a lot of opportunity with some other people and I would love to hear some of that knowledge, man. I appreciate you coming on my podcast today, man. And um how how can they how can they reach out to you? How can they uh, what are your platforms, your social media platforms, and how can they connect with you? So first and foremost, uh, follow me on Twitter at Scoop B. That's S-C-O-O-P, letter B. Uh, Instagram and Snapchat, Scoop underscore B. Um, and more importantly, make sure you subscribe to the Scoopy Radio Podcast, which is available on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh-huh. Google Play, TuneIn App, Stitcher App, or simply by visiting ScoopBRadio.com. Man, I really do appreciate it. Um, again, to all, to anybody out there, um, he he is a he is an example of hustling, grinding, doing your own thing, not letting anybody tell him what he can't do. Um, he's very successful, and I really do appreciate it again, brother. My man. All right, brother.